friends. Welcome to Living Well While Living Online, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studios. And I'm your host, Tammy Riley. It is already mid-March. I cannot even believe it. And with that comes St. Patrick's Day and spring and and hope. So I am really looking forward to sharing my conversation with you as we bring a little luck and love of the Irish. I'm bringing my friend Mary Steele from Cork, Ireland in to have some conversation with you. And uh, Mary really will enlighten you um, and in some conversation around the idea that we don't acknowledge the good enough in our lives. And we will be able to process that as well as being happy for no reason. So please, friends, stay tuned for this wonderful, magical St. Patrick's Day episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the next episode of Living Well While Living Online. I'm your host, Amy Riley, and I'm Looking forward to the conversation today where you get to meet my dear friend, Mary Steele, coming to us from Cork in Ireland. And I was uh, fortunate enough to meet Mary a few times last year. And even in those two brief encounters we had, I feel like you're part of my family, Mary. I feel like you're one of my aunties. And um, I know everyone who meets you feels the same way. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your willingness to chat with me. When I messaged you, you're like, what? What are we doing? (laughs) And so Mary is um, someone, she's a resident director over there with University of Cork, and she works in direct collaboration with Quinnipiac University and our students, and she's had that role for a while. So I'm going to let her describe what she does in that encounter, but I thought it would be fun to bring Mary on because A... I, I loved our conversation. I loved coming and sitting at her kitchen table and chatting. And to me, this this podcast and this conversation is that next best thing because we can't be together. So I'm happy to continue my conversations with Mary. And also because it is St. Patrick's Day, I thought it'd be fun to bring a little Irish in to the podcast this week. So Mary, can you please just give a little overview of yourself, anything you want to share about your family, what you do? Um, please. And we want to hear your lovely Irish accent. (laughs) That's a good start anyway. Well, first, Tammy, thank you for giving me the opportunity because um, it got me thinking and really um, considering what's been going on in my life in general. And also since this um, pandemic has hit Ireland and hit the world. Um, I was thinking about my being brought into international study. I uh, applied for a job in University College Cork way back in the 1990s. And the minute I saw the job, um, it was working in the international office, I decided that was for me. I just knew immediately there was nobody else getting that job. And I got it and it started um, an amazing journey for me. Really, it's opened up doors to meeting amazing people, traveling um a complete love affair with the united states um i've always been connected with it but um because my grandmother lived in the states as a young woman and was educated there and came back to ireland in the early 1900s and um, married my grandfather um and people thought she was oh you know ridiculous to marry him because he was an irish 
you know, um, nobody really. And she had a great life in America. But she fell in love and she married him and and that was it. But And again, we didn't know much about that for a long time. But as I look back and I got involved with education and with um, supporting students over oh, 25 years now, I just knew it was all connected. I just could see the connections going back to that time. And I could also see in my own life um, how it was going to happen. It's just amazing. At, at the time, you can't see it. But when you look back, you can see it's all part of a plan. It was all part of a bigger plan, really. Um, and then when I finished my time in UCC, uh, I was asked by uh, Mark, um, would I uh, add additional support for Quinnipiac students um, studying in Cork and really kind of be a mother to them? Because the university provides a service um, for them anyway. Um, but this was to add a little bit extra. So that started another new journey. And that has been wonderful. It has opened up so many, as I say, door, doors for me. Um, I'm semi-retired, but I never really wanted to retire. So this gave me the opportunity to continue on and meeting young people. It just mm. um, gives you energy. You know yourself, you're working with young people all the time. It just gives you energy and, and their can-do attitude even the few who are here now at the moment, I mean, to study abroad in a pandemic and have all your classes in a foreign country online and still manage and still succeed. That's just amazing. You know, so I, I love it. I know they do keep you young, right? There is some, something in their vibrancy that's contagious. And it's funny you say that my father as well worked in um, college athletics for his whole career and re and retired, right? I'm going to do it in air quotes, retired and now works at Quinnipiac part-time. He And he loves it and he'll say it's kept him young. So it really it's hard to for people to stop doing. You know, you're such a doer and I definitely want to talk about that because I love that you're enamored by the young energy. I'm enamored by yours because you get so much done. I've watched you in action. You give a run for, you give those young people a run for their money for sure. You are very energetic and, and are an accomplisher of all things <laughs> without a doubt. Uh, so can you describe a little bit I know it's completely different now since since the world almost a year now, um, just about a year, right? Now that this is airing mm. in March, yeah. uh, when everything happened, you and I were together in in February. Our students had just come in in January, and so I have a taste, having been there at the start of the semester, of what your life is like. But can you describe, you know, just what what a day what a day would be, and and a little bit about your role, and you know, then what happened when everything sort of, I'm going to say shut down because that's exactly what happened. Typically, when the students are here, you'd I meet them regularly and we'd meet, you know, just talk on Facebook, um, arrange coffee sessions, invite them to my home for tea and scones. Uh, if they have an issue, they need to go to the doctor. They let me know and I might take them or advise them where to go. Um, and, you know, advise them like if they're traveling places I suggest where they might like to go and I suppose the biggest thing I found over the years is that if any of the students are very lonely or homesick and mm -hmm. finding it challenging 
they like having somebody like they they love having young friends they're one thing but I think they quite like having an older person like me that they can sit down and talk to like they'd be talking to their mom or grandmom you know and that's a it's an extra support and um I, I think that's a that's been really helpful for them and that's the feedback I've received from them and then we share meals and we share trips and you know, I take them on a walking tour around the city and show them places that I love that they might not necessarily think of going to visit themselves. Um, so things like that. And then, of course, once um, this virus hit, we got the word very, very um, nerve wracking at the beginning, at the beginning of March or the middle of March. I think it was very nerve wracking because we weren't sure would they stay? Would they go home? Would they be able to get home? There was a whole um, nervousness about that situation, I suppose, is the word I'd use. Um, and then the decision was made. They had to go home. They didn't get a choice in the end. To me, that was a relief once the decision was made, because then I knew what I had to do. And I was in a home where um, I have family members who are vulnerable. So I was very conscious of that, that whatever I would be happy to do myself, I may not necessarily be able to do it because of my family situation. And so in that way, it was a relief that the decision was made very clearly by Quinnipiac. They knew what they wanted and I helped them implement that plan, mm. plan then arranged to get all the students on their buses and trains, whatever it came up and to get them home. So then there was a huge sense of bereavement when it was all done and they were safely home. I knew they were all safely home because they promised me they'd let me know when they were. Then there was a huge sense of loss. Whoa, what am I going to do now? For the first time in my life, I have nothing to do. Or nothing in that sense to do, you know. And there was, it was interesting just to see that and think, hmm, oh my goodness, you know, I'd always be planning ahead and getting the next coach organized and the next day out organized and the next meal booked. What do I do now? So there was a big transition time and then things worsened in Ireland and the government made a decision that we all needed, especially those of us like me over 70 years of age, we had to stay in our own homes. We couldn't go out even to shop or walk or anything. Now, that was the hardest thing for me mm. because I love meeting friends. I walk every day and I'd love going to the shop to do my own shopping. So this was a huge change. Um, and that lasted for about a month. And during that time, um, because of not being able to go out walking, I was really um, nervous that I'd be unfit and I'd, you know, um, not be able to walk properly, uh, uh, you know, uh, when it was all over. So my daughter Megs found um, an exercise um, class for me online. Oh, that's so great. And this was just, and I started and I knew myself from my own kind of, um, you know, self-improvement over the years that if you do something over a period of time, then you build it into your routine mm -hmm. and it can stay with you then. So I started, it was just 30 minutes and it was actually a program set up. You'd be interested, I think, Tammy, because it was set up by um, a company in Ireland called Cree, which in Irish, that's the Irish for heart. And Aww. it's for helping people to keep their hearts healthy. 
and they um, produce this. I think they do them all the time anyway, but they particularly started producing some to help people like me during this time to keep fit. So that was just amazing. Now, I wouldn't go inside a gymnasium if you paid me a million dollars in the morning. But this got me into my home gymnasium Mm -hmm. and I still do it now. Which is so great. So that was a, a definite plus. Right. And it's so, like you said, you are such a walker and Cork is, I think, such a city that's walkable. That's one of the things I really fell in love with when I was there. And you do mm-hmm. know all the nooks and crannies everywhere. And then when you have that kind of stripped away, you're like, oh, shoot, now what? Um, but, you know, our Mags, she came through. She's so good. And and just like you said, building it into your your life. And we we kind of look at these things and we're, we're very one-sided like, Oh, I can't walk now. What? But we're adaptable. So, so there was something else that we've been able to replace it with. And if you can make it part of your day, then it doesn't seem as grueling. And now um, I love that this is part of your regular routine and that you are still going strong and who knows, you know, even when things are better and you're walking more, this may still be something that you enjoy because of, other things and other benefits that it provides. It is already, Tammy, that has worked already because before I thought of it as replacing my walk, mm-hmm. but now I actually do it in addition to my walk. And I, and in fact, doing it has made me more supple. So I'm mm-hmm. able to walk better. So it's really been a, a very beneficial um, whole thing for me, you know. And that was the interesting thing as well, I think, that I thought um, out of something negative, like being, you know, forced to stay within your own four walls, produced this outcome for me that has been so beneficial, both mentally and physically. And I think my own kind of, you know, personal development over the years it, that also helped me because I don't mind being on my own now. When I was younger, I found it very hard to be on my own. Mm-hmm. I love company and I'd be wondering what to do with myself. Whereas now I'm much more into reading and doing feel good stuff and, you know, releasing and letting go of all sorts of stuff and writing about it. And so this has been a huge, like, I think it's been a huge benefit to me. Wow. I I love that perspective. Right. And I think, um, yeah, it's important because it's been difficult for all of us. And so that, that mental reframing is important because we could be really depressed and heavy about it, or we can take that step back and reflect and see, wow, it's enabled me to do all of these other things, which I've been maybe didn't know existed or neglected or didn't even know I enjoyed so much. So I think that that is an important tip to remember that even though it's, um, you know, changed and, and, you know, you, you've been set in your ways and even, you know, it doesn't matter. We can still change and find ways to put new things into, into what we're doing that are really beneficial. So, so. Yeah. And um, so the one thing that I really, really, really loved and appreciated, and you you brought this up at the beginning, is most of the students at some point during their their time in Cork come and get tea and scones at your table. And it's 
The scones are amazing. I'm not, you know, diminishing any of that. The tea is lovely, but it's what that represents. It's what it means. It's how it makes you feel. And for me, it was so beautiful to be a part of that. And I loved just how welcome to me, you know, it's being in Cork, but you felt like you were at home. And I think that's so important. So I know that that's a piece that's also important to you. So how are, is there anything that's taking the place of that? Because we can't, open our table up to people, whether it's our students or anyone. So how are you feeling about that? And what are what are you doing in, in place of that? I found that a real loss. Yeah. What I'm doing in place of it is I've um, started going for walks with people. Okay. So we can keep, we have to remain socially distanced. Mm-hmm. But we go buy our coffee and then we go for a walk together. And I, I, I did we take you to Fitzgerald Park? It's near the Mardyk Arena. We passed it anyway, I know for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely park in the city centre. A love, beautiful cafe there. So we go grab a coffee and walk around the park and check and chat. And that has been like the next best thing really to having people. You, I can't have anybody in my home for the moment and more this is over. So that's the thing I miss the most. Uh, and then as well, Zoom. We've started introduce Zoom into our life, meetings with friends. I even have a friend now who's giving us an art class at the moment. Oh. So amazing things that and like again, this has happened. We're also now going to do another um retired staff Zoom get together and we're going to ask people to do their what we call in Ireland your party piece. So if you go to a party and everybody does something like somebody will sing a song or say a poem, tell a story, something like that. So we're going to invite people, nothing too long, just a few minutes for each person to say if they'd like to contribute just for a bit of fun and ah. to keep in contact because we're losing contact at the moment and we can't help that. I love that. A, par- a party piece. So maybe someone recites poetry, somebody reads something, somebody sings something. And I know, you know, Mags has been um, brilliant at that. She sang for us at our, I can't, what was that called? That's another Irish tradition that we did. What is the? We went to the, well, the Cork the Singers. Yes, the Cork Singers Club. Yeah. And she sang with them too. And that was lovely. Um, what a, What an interesting idea that you have that. I don't think I don't know. I need to think about that with my group of friends and we Zoom and we get on and we sit there and and talk and chat, you know, who's got a coffee, maybe someone has a glass of wine, but how nice to actually showcase what you're doing. And I do too have some talented friends. So this will be interesting. I want to bring this up. (laughs) That's what we thought actually, that there's loads, like one of the friends was saying, another friend sings in a choir, but she also plays the piano. I never knew she played the piano. Ah. There's loads of things people do that we don't realize are telling, you know, just telling a good story and help, you know, making people laugh. That's a great gift if you can do that. Yes. So there's lots of interesting um, things. And Um, and somebody else said a routine, having a routine in your life. mm. It's good to set some kind of a routine. And I like that too. Yeah. It's so important. Um, Again, so many people and, and, you know, this is not to take away from the day where maybe you do spend more time in your pajamas because you're feeling down a little bit. And I think that's that's okay too. We have to have some grace with ourselves and give ourselves permission. But the routine for sure is that thing that 
keeps us focused and says, okay, you did that yesterday. Now today you need to get back on track. Uh, that voice of, of reason. Mm-hmm. Cause otherwise, you know, the couch just eats us right up and it's really, it's really hard to get off. And that's the temptation. And that, that was exactly what I was worried about at the beginning when this whole thing started how will I remain in the house and not just be sitting on the couch all the time? Yeah. And that was a real concern for me because I like being, and I know I need to be active. It suits me to be active. Now, yeah. one other thing I love is gardening. Mm, that's and right. I forgot. Started, that was a great help because I'd get out to the garden and I'd do an hour pulling weeds and planting flowers. And before you know it, it was your lunchtime. So that, so I think having interests but most important, I think, is just having an interest like family, friends, um, fun and having an interest in life and having an interest in learning new things. Would you say that for you, the idea of self-care, right, and we all kind of look at that differently. Many of us say, OK, I walk every day. That's part of self-care and you have your exercise. That's one piece. But I see like your gardening is is self-care. Um mm you know, your connections with people. I don't know if you see it that way. I think for me on the outside, that's what I would say. Do you think those are the things that you need to do to be your best version of you? I do. And I do see that as self-care. The all the, I, Everything you mentioned and having the plan. And I suppose this was the first time in my life that I really had nobody else I had to think about. Once all the students were gone, Right. I didn't have any responsibility there anymore. My family are grown up. They're minding themselves. So that was interesting too. And then I and I loved, I thought I'm really going to enjoy this just minding myself. And if I want to sit down in the afternoon and watch television, something rubbishy that I wouldn't normally watch, <laughs> I'm going to do it. And I and actually Frank was laughing, my husband, he said, I've reversed, I've gone back to the way I was when I was young. I'd get up a bit later in the morning and I'd go to bed a bit later at night because uh-huh. I used to do a lot of dressmaking. I made all my own clothes when I was young. Oh, wow. And, um, and then I'd sew into the middle of the night. I mean, I'd start a dress and I'd make it and I'd be wearing it the following night to go out dancing. So I've kind of gone back to that now and I'd go <sighs> to bed maybe about one o'clock in the morning and get oh up at gosh. nine in the morning, you know. So it's been, that's been interesting as well. I've kind of turned things around a bit, you know. But it's great because it's, again, something new. And I love writing. Um, I love that I don't think we acknowledge enough the good things in our lives. Right. Something good happens and, or, you know, you, you achieve something, you succeed in something, and all of a sudden it's done and you've got it. And then you never think about it anymore. But the next problem that comes up, you'll be thinking of that for ages and beating yourself up about something. So I've started to write down the things that I felt I was a success at. And every now and again, I go back and I look at it and I say, "Okay, wasn't that wonderful? Look at what you did. And you never thought in a million years you'd get that. And that has been a great solace. And actually, you asking me to do this, Tammy, has been really wonderful for that. Because I went back through my diaries to see for the last year what I did, what I was worried about, how this affected me. You know, what did I do to counteract it? My sister is like my angel. 
I know. We're going to talk about her. I want to talk about her too. <laughs> yeah. So it was. So that has been wonderful. And it really made me, again, so strong in the idea that acknowledge your, you know, successes and give them the credit they're due, the same credit, more credit than you'd give the things that you failed at. Because we love the failures to dwell on those yeah, you're, you have such an important point that we do tend to focus on the things we do negatively or that we're dissatisfied. Why did I do that? Instead of like, ugh, okay, I did that. Here's what I can do next time. So I'm going to put that to bed and here's what worked or here's what was great. And mm-hmm. I don't know why human nature is for most of us and not everyone, but for most of us, it is to dwell and nitpick on ourselves of the things that, you know, ugh. I did that and we harbor over it. And um, so you have like a little book that you've been putting this in. Yes. I love it. I love this idea, Mary. Thank you. I, I know have, some I people. Have, oh, what's that? Hundreds, hundreds. Books. Oh my gosh. That's great. I mean, many people um, will use the book as just a, a general journal or chronicling in the day, or even, you know, I've talked to people about a gratitude piece and mm. they're reflecting on mm. that, but I have not had somebody really phrase it in this way of what were my successes and acknowledging, even if it's a little success. I think that's so important. Mm. Um, so mm. I love this this little idea. I think that's a great tip to to integrate into what we're doing um, for, for many mm. of us. Gosh. Um, and you mentioned your sister, your angel, who I have also met, who is such a lovely woman. And she does Tai Chi. And so we've had her work with our students. It was really fun. Part of, um, just as a, a backstory for the listeners, part of what I did the second time that I was with Mary in Cork is I went with our program director, Mark, who you're actually going to meet in a few episodes because I'm going to um, interview him as well. And we did a wellness weekend for the students, our Quinnipiac students studying in Cork. And we had such a great time bringing them back together and just focusing on what they were doing. Are they being intentional? You know, were they taking care of themselves? For our students there, you know, most of them are cooking their own meals. They didn't have a meal plan like they normally would. So there's some differences. And um, anyway, it was so fabulous. And one of the things we did was have your sister, Anne, come and do some Tai Chi. So how has that worked? Is she in your in your bubble? Like, are you seeing her? Are you only seeing her on Zoom? Um, tell me what's happening because I know you're so close. At the moment, we're seeing each other on Zoom, okay. but she started introducing her classes um, on Zoom uh, when this started. Way back, she actually, she does it on Facebook, and she okay. puts a class up every day, and she teaches her classes, and she has her advanced Tai Chi classes there as well. So that's been, re- and it's worked really well. It's been, And again, that's been another... Um, I do some of the Tai Chi with her and she does wonderful warm up exercises. So even if you're not really into the Tai Chi, you could still do the the other exercises. And so she's continued all of that. And then she's also into um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a thing called the Sedona method. Oh, I have not. It's about releasing all your negative stuff and living your best life. And discovered it, I'd say maybe 20 years ago now. But she introduced me to it and we do that together. So we do like what we call releasing together. So you, you know, let go of all your worries and concerns. And again, that has been a huge benefit to me in my whole life. 
but especially in the current situation. And I love all these. I love these American feel good stuff, you know, like Oprah. And mm-hmm. did, have you heard of Louise Hay? Yes, I, I love, love her. Love Louise Hay. And um, and there was another woman, actually, that I read and now again gave me the book years ago. And the book is called Happy for No Reason. And it just I thought, oh, my goodness, that is amazing. And she gave examples of people who were happy for no reason. Her name is Marcy Shimoff. Oh. Lovely, lovely person. Um, and anyway, I thought, you know, that's me. Really. I'm all my life. I've been so blessed that I'm happy for no reason. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's so hard to find people. Um, I think we we always look, there has to be a reason, right? There's got to be a reason that I'm happy. But just to have that outlook on life is rare um, and beautiful. But I think to also to recognize, like I used to think that that was because I was a bit lightheaded and, you know, a bit airy-fairy, as you'd say here. <laughs> um, and and I am, but I but but I think it's more like being lightheaded doesn't mean to say you know, or being lighthearted doesn't mean to say you are lightheaded as well. And that was the thing for me to realize that there were other people in different walks of life, and they were the same as me, and they, we were just lucky enough to be born with this level of kind of happiness that we seem to maintain throughout our lives. It's really interesting. I think what's so interesting about that is for many of us, happiness is tied to attachments outside of ourselves, right? So this made me happy, that person made me happy, that situation. And what you're describing is that innate happiness where it's not impacted by something outside of ourselves. Um, And that's huge to Mm. be Mm. able to live a life where you can find happiness from within. And gosh, that, that is now that you say that, part of maybe the attraction and the draw to you, Mary, because I think your energy is really contagious and people are so, uh, um, you know, compelled to want to spend time with you. At least that's how I felt. I know our students feel the same. They couldn't wait to have their tea at Mary's and to get time with you. Uh, and I think it does come from that inner sense of of just contentment with what with what's happening. It's so rare. Yeah, it's a great blessing. I get now. And do you think either of your children have have had have have inherited that from you? I'd say they must have to a degree, but I also think they won't realize it until later in life. Maybe okay, because okay. I didn't realize it until much later in life myself. Yeah, do you know? I yeah. think I didn't recognize it. I seemed to sail through life up to when I was about fifty. And then from there on, because my dad died at 54 and I always thought, you know, when I reached 50, mm, you never know how long you're going to have. Yeah. And I better make the most of every day after this, just in case. <laughs> and so that started the journey, you know, feel good and finding out other ways of looking at things. And and also, I suppose I deep down, I've always had a great belief in something bigger than myself. Mm. And that it wasn't just about me. And I trust, you know, I trust in the universe. I trust in God, whatever you want to call it, that it's much bigger than me and things will come right. I've always believed that. That's far you go by you. Yeah, it's so true that many of us 
just sail through life, right? Which isn't which isn't bad, but there's so much more when you have that intentionality behind it. And it's a little sad that it had to come from the passing of your father for you to realize that. Um, I had something very similar, although it was my 49th birthday. And it was when I was turning 49 thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be 50. Like, this is real. Like, uh, you're moving in the other direction, right? So you can't think of yourself in high school anymore and you have to. And so it was in that year that I too became more intentional, just taking time to notice things more. Um, Little things that you just took for granted, sunsets, Mm. you know, driving home and I would see the horses on the side of the road and just pull over and look at them for a second, you know, little, Mm. little things Mm. because you don't know, you know, and yeah, so uh, yeah, it's too bad that it sometimes comes out of trauma when we, you know, when we're looking back and, and, but but it is important that we're having that and moment to reflect. This, and isn't this time now, that's what's happening during this time. Like one of the things I think is interesting about this time is that it has affected the whole world. Yeah. Like in Ireland, the government have um, early on set about once people couldn't go to work, if the, you know, the hospitality sector closed down, lots and lots of people were out of work. They gave them a certain amount of money from the government Mm -hmm. to help them cope and to, you know, pay their bills and whatever. And that changed a kind of a dynamic, whereas before you thought of people who didn't have a job as, oh, they had to get money from the government because they couldn't get a job. Now it's normal. Lots of people can't get a job and they have to be supported and they want to work. It's not that they don't want to, they really can't wait to get back out and work, but it's kind of shifted that. And it's also made us think more, I think, about like a lot. I've heard, not a lot now, it's anecdotal, but I've heard families say they've spent time together, they've shared meals together, they've started conversing over the dining table. They haven't done that for years and they're now doing it. And, And also people are not commuting as long. Because they're working from home, they're not driving for an hour or two hours to get into work and then driving home in the evening. So I hope that there'll be a shift from that. It's given us, and like you said about, you know, looking at the sunsets, being grateful for the small things in life, like still having plenty of food. We can shop, we can get our what we need. You know, we've had shortages of nothing, you know, and just we take all that for granted normally. I think... um... I don't I don't know too if if they've done research but I would very strongly agree with you whether it's anecdotal or not that many people that I have been in contact with or read about have been really reconnecting with family and appreciating the time even though it's hard right if you're a parent and you have a young kid at home and you're trying to work and now that kid is climbing on your lap during your business Zoom meeting but but to be able to watch your children. And it was interesting because I had had a physical the other day and the young woman who is my physician's assistant, who I love, was a former student actually years ago from Quinnipiac. Mm. And so when I go in there, my husband said, did she talk about this or this? Did you ask? I was like, oh yeah, we didn't talk about that at all. Um, I was too interested in what was happening in her life. And she was saying her husband, they have a a two-year-old now, And so the baby for this last year, the husband has been working from home and he has been in awe of things that happen every day. And he's like, this and that. And she's like, I know this is what happens. You just were working and you didn't get to see that. 
And so mm-hmm. it was really talking about how incredible that bubble has been for them to really allow parents that maybe were commuting and out of the house so much to have more of that genuine time together. Uh, and it's not easy, right? We know that juggle hasn't been easy for everybody in the switch, but yeah, it's a gift. Of course, it's a gift. Mm. It's very interesting to see it, I think. And they're the things I hope that will kind of focus our minds more on what is really important. Like people have appreciated the healthcare workers, even like people in supermarkets who are serving us. They yes. haven't stopped serving the public since this happened. They're there every day, doing it day in, day out. They're so pleasant when you go into shop. You're thinking like they really might not want to go to work, but they're there doing it. And you'd be so grateful. For, I'm so grateful for that. And if they're nice yes. to you, you, know, you get a lovely, pleasant smile. And are you OK today? And you have a little chat and you're paying for your shopping. And it's lovely. Yes, those connections and, and and those people, thank God. I mean, there are people who have gone above and beyond during this time, for sure. Um, Mary, is there anything now? Okay, so our students, hopefully, things are going to start opening up. We know we're on the other side, and students will be back studying abroad, fingers crossed, soon. And so now, I guess, moving forward in your role with things that you now know now and have put into practice, is there something that you're hoping that you integrate into what you do, whether it's with your profession or even, I mean, I guess I think when when our students are there, you are on 24-7. <laughs> and maybe that's maybe that's not great. Maybe you're thinking, I need to have more boundaries. Like, I don't know. So is there anything that you're thinking, okay, this is what I need to do for me now moving forward in this role in my position? I think so, really. I think, yes, that I would think that less time, having more time for myself. Yeah. That I would still make sure I'd have more time for myself, that I would set clearer boundaries. Mm -hmm. I'd say to people, I'm only available on certain days, you know. Um, And then... I'd encourage them to come for walks with me. Yeah. That that's a way of sometimes when you're walking along and you're chatting, you know, you'll find out about the person and what's going on for them. Whereas if you're sitting down and you're looking at them, sometimes it's not, it doesn't help them be as free. You know, when you're not looking at somebody, sometimes it's easier just have a nice little chat and see what's going on. So I think I'd see. Now, again, I might like that. And they might not like it at all, but I'd like to try it. Yeah. Um. And and otherwise, you see, at the beginning, I thought, well, is this time for me to stop? <gasps> you that was did. My first thought. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's a sign, you know, because I'm great for signs. <laughs> <laughs> we have to pay attention to the signs. I agree. <laughs> but then, interestingly enough, the very fact that I have a couple of students, I had one student in the autumn, in the fall, Um, And I have a few now and I'm thinking, well, you know, I love it. And Mm. they really raise my heart and I'm going to keep going until um, I until somebody else tells me they don't want me anymore or I just don't have the energy or the interest anymore. And that was a great that was great for me, actually, because it kind of made me really think how much I love it. Yeah. The fact that it keeps me interested you know, I think so. That's been great. 
that I feel. And I also think there's more things I could learn. You know, having learned to work with Zoom, I'm not great on technology, but I'm opening myself to it. And I'm <laughs> doing more things that I would than I would have done before. So, you know, to keep learning, really, you know. But no, no one big thing, Tammy. Yeah, no, those are really beautiful things. I think those are all important. Um, and yes, many of us have struggled with Zoom and and other technology. And my friends and I laugh, and I've already said it on on a podcast or two. But you know, you feel like a dinosaur in this world of technology, <laughs> trying to learn even just this podcast. The hardest part of the whole conversation is getting people onto the software and making that work. And um, in the beginning, it actually took hours for myself and some of my guests to make things work. So I've come a long way. I've learned some tricks. So that's, that's, we just have to have patience. Um, but I think it's like what you said with taking them for walks. I love that. And I could not agree more. I have one colleague at work and when she and I schedule a meeting, whatever it's about, we go for a walk. And mm. there's something to be said about that movement, about the fresh air. It, it's For us, it's not that we couldn't look in each other's eyes and speak, which I think, you know, it does make it easier in some ways. But I think it's a, almost a sense of in, invincibility in a good way. Like we can hash things out and go back and forth and kind of problem solve. And because you're moving, things just feel better. Um, and you may come across a student that it just doesn't work for, but gosh, it's worth a shot. And it's not only for that connection and how it might make them feel, but it's also for that student living in Cork, you know, giving them that opportunity to see their community um, with a resident, which is always so great. I mean, that's invaluable for sure. And connections are always the thing, aren't they? Yeah. You're making the connection. Once you make a connection, it, you know, that's the that's the main thing, really. Once that happens, then all the other things fall into place. Yeah. And you deal with such a unique um, piece and that our students come in. It's hard to go abroad and to, to reconfigure your life. And, and kids who were never homesick might be homesick now or... Yes. Um, maybe they're worried and, you know, they're super anxious about living in a place and people who <laughs> speak their language, but the accent throws them off and they think that no one understands them or they hear some of your words. I know they crack up about the different um, sayings and, and things that the Irish have compared to what we say. Yeah. But, but it's, it is all about feeling like you're part of the community. And so I, I think for me, what I loved seeing was how you really help navigate that and how you seem to be the anchor. And you said it yourself, the mom figure, which which is so true. And being able to anchor them in the community. And I know you've brought them to meet your neighbors. You've had people for dinner and they've been at your neighbor's house. And what a great experience for them to see another country, another community as a, as a member of it instead of a visitor. And I think that that's part of what you you give to that whole program and that whole piece that's great and that and also doesn't that help we're all the same yeah but meeting people in their own home and their own setup you can see how similar you know we all want the best for our children we all want you know have a good life a happy life do the best we can be successful whatever it might be and so really, we're all the same. And the problems start arising when we think we're different. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. 
Okay, Mary, I have one final question before I set you free and let you go about your day because it's afternoon there, I believe. It's probably tea time. Um, We're just starting our day here. And you've alluded to this a little bit, but I love to ask, how are you at being a good and true friend to yourself? Because I, I know what you do for others and how the advice and how available and how grounded you are in your, um, I guess, in, in how you help other people when they are in need. So how are you at doing that for yourself? I'm much better than I used to be. Yeah. Much better. I really look after myself now. And again, I put that down to the self-improvement, releasing, um, reading. I love reading and I love reading books with um, positive messages in them. And I'd look at that as really looking after myself. So I have my whole routine kind of to my day. The more It's all for myself now at the moment. There's very little for anybody else. Um, and that will change, hopefully, in the fall. So I think I take I, I take much better care of myself than I ever did. Yeah. So and nice. I love it. It's so nice, right? And, um, and I think for many of us, and you and I are similar and we're doers and we like to be busy. And so, but I... I Right, the retirement or or us going into seclusion is what forces us to be like, oh yeah, I do need to take care of ourselves. You know, that's when we have found the time, I think. So what I really like about this is to remind people, especially our younger listeners, how important it is to start doing it now. Because I know for myself, and as you've alluded to, it takes a long time for many of us to give ourselves this grace. And you, as you mentioned, you're champion your own successes. Like how incredible is that? But you haven't done that your whole life, right? So these Mm. little things that help us to be kinder to ourselves, which, um, you know, is, is really important in our health. Mm -hmm. And the earlier you can learn it, the better. Yeah. I think different times of your life, you're busier too, you know, when you have young children and you're working, it's harder to give yourself the time. Mm -hmm. But if you can, Louise Hay used to say, um, set time for yourself, get up a little bit earlier in the morning before everybody else gets up, if you can do that and have that bit of time for yourself to start your day. I only wish I'd read her 30 years ago. Right. (laughs) You know, because I think that is, you know, that little bit of space where you can mind you, it is so important. And for young people, no, I do think young people now are learning faster. Yeah. You know, they're and, and like all of these things that are available now to people, like you, what you do in your programs, all the, you know, the exercise regimes that are there, self-help books. There's a whole, I, I think it's an amazing time. Yeah. I no. just love this time. I think it's such an awakening and opening. Amazing. I love it. It's so true. The world right now is aware of wellness right? It is sort of that yeah. buzzword now. So it will be interesting to see how this generation is different when they're older because we've learned the hard way or it takes us a while to get to that point where it is more mainstream. It is what mm-hmm. they're doing in college. It is, you know, younger kids doing yoga classes, you know, in preschool. So learning to breathe better, it is mm-hmm. more integrated into mm-hmm. our community. So it will be interesting to see how that 
you know, helps this next generation, which I can only see it helping. I mean, gosh, it's no, I so think important. it will. Yeah, I think yeah, it will. For sure. I hope it will. I hope it will too. <laughs> but I do also then, you know, life is definitely a journey. And you, you know, as I said earlier, you see all the steps along the way, but you only see them when you look back. Yeah. Isn't it? So I like I think I saw different things in my life that led me to this. And then, you know, when you've got something like I felt I was training all my life for working with international students. Mm. And and I know now that I was wow. it's like I just know it's what I was meant to do. That was it. Isn't that crazy? And when yeah, you look crazy. back and that's that is something that, you know, I know we try. I've even worked with your we call it a learning comments. Yeah, the skills center. Skills, yes. And yes. the idea of reflection and how important reflection is in what you're doing, whether it's you're invested in reading um, a book and you have to write about mm-hmm. it or you're having this great debate um, or just your life. It It is in that reflection where things start to fall into its place. So, mm. Yeah. It's not easy. And I used to all run, I used to drive them nuts in the international office or all my working life because I say I had a certain belief, you know, if something is for you, it won't pass you by. And I used to say it to them and sometimes they might go for a job and, you know, they mightn't get it and they'd be very disappointed. And I say, look, you know, don't give up. What's for you won't go by you. Yeah. And they say, oh, here she goes again, you know. <laughs> Then years later, I remember a couple of friends coming back to me and saying, Mary, oh, I didn't like you saying that at the time, but now I see exactly what you mean. And a couple of years later, they went on and they got something else that was actually better for them. Right. Do you know? So I do think that. And so never give up on yourself. Like keep, if something doesn't work out, go out and try again. And that's, I love that about the American way of life really you know where you love success with people you rejoice if somebody is successful we're only learning that now we're allowing Irish people now be successful and enjoy it you know before if you said you you know you praised yourself my mother used to say self-praise is no praise Mm. and um you know those kind like they were kind there was and she was afraid because if you were praising yourself you'd get a big head that was the fear really that you'd just lose the run of yourself and that wouldn't be right. And it wouldn't be right. So there's a different balance. But I and I do think now that's coming into Ireland. There's a lovely feel about young people. They're full of enthusiasm. They're, you know, full of um, successful feelings and wanting to do well. And they're not afraid to say it. That's totally different from my generation. So I love that. That's so great, right? That's really so great. Yeah. And it's such an easy thing, right? To just be proud of where you are and what you've accomplished. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting how, how generations change and things shift. And um, it's been good for you working with the international population to really have a pulse on that and to see now, Absolutely. you know, what's changing and happening within Ireland. And I'm so grateful for that. I just think I, I had one wonderful moment. I've had loads of wonderful moments, thank God. But I had one really, really moment of magic I was on a bus going from Reno in Nevada to St. Louis Obispo in California and we were driving across the country you know like you were saying about spotting sunsets and seeing things like that and I just thought here I am 
in luxury. We stopped at this gorgeous um, winery to have lunch and a glass of wine. And I'm traveling in luxury like uh, Her Majesty the Queen. <laughs> and like, my forebears went across America looking for work and how badly off they were and how tough it was for people like that. And look at where we are now. Mm. So I like those things are just amazing, you know. Yeah. And I love remembering and I can still I still have that sense in that bus of being on this journey. And isn't this just incredible? Look at me here from a tiny little town in Ireland called McCroom, the back of nowhere. And I'm traveling across America in style, you know. <laughs> you deserve it, Mary. Magic. <laughs> there are I love that you called it a, a moment of magic. I love that saying and that idea. And I think to reflect and to capture and to acknowledge the magic in those moments is really important. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'd love for us all to do that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mary, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time and for not only sharing yourself here, but I do know what you do for our students, and I can't thank you enough. They are really lucky to have you over there as their mom. <laughs> thank you. very, And thank you for giving me this opportunity. Yeah. I so enjoy the reflecting and doing it. I hope I haven't too many hums and haws and ems and ands <laughs> during the course of the conversation. You've been you won't per- have too much. You've been perfect. You've been perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and I, so I look forward to having tea at your kitchen table again soon. Hopefully, oh, who knows? Let it roll. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Mary, have a great day. You too. Thank you so much. Take care. God bless. sincere gratitude to all of you for tuning in this week to Living Well While Living Online, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. And next week, I'm really excited. We will be traveling to another country. You will get to meet my favorite human, Natalie Murray, who is a health coach, a fitness instructor. So you will feel inspired and motivated by Natalie and all she has to offer. And, uh, Nats has a really a great trick, which hopefully we will all listen in on, on scheduling our therapy, and I say that in air quotes, our therapy each week. So thank you for spending time with Living Well While Living Online. And then a special thank you to the team who makes this all happen, to Michael Bachman, the producer, and David DeRoche, executive producer, to Heather Popovics for the social media, and for the theme music, thank you, Scott Holmes. To learn more about our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. You can listen to all of our podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. And you can check us out on Twitter or on Instagram at qupodcasts. Feel free to send us an email at qupodcasts at qu.edu. So until next week, my friends, be intentional, breathe deep, and learn to be your own best friend. <laughs>